Adventures in Sci-Fi Publishing, Episode 276, Interview with Cameron Hurley, author of God's War Trilogy. It's basically about the business of writing, and they tell you the stuff they wish that someone had told them when they got started as writers. You know, somebody can be a successful marketer and not necessarily provide a quality product. I'm going to let Moses go because he's frothing at the mouth to talk about this one. (laughs) (laughs) I like writing. I like reading. I like to immerse myself in books. That seems like a pretty good career choice. (laughs) Oh, you sound terrible. What happened? I'm just kidding. Oh, man. And now, constructed on a zeppelin by an apprentice mage and delivered by a rocket ship to a benevolent dragon, Adventures in Sci-Fi Public Sci-Fi Welcome to Adventures in Sci-Fi Publishing, your podcast for science fiction and fantasy literature. This is Sean Farrell. This episode is brought to you by Thrones and Bones Frostborn, new novel by Lou Anders. Smelly Trolls, The Walking Dead, and A Fire-Breathing Dragon are no match for Karn and Theana, two heroes with pluck and smarts. Lou Anders' first book is a humorous, Viking-inspired fantasy adventure. It's written for the middle grade uh, audience, but I think anyone middle grade and up will enjoy this novel. I know I did. So... To check out Thrones and Bones, come to adventuresandsci-fi-publishing.com and click on the image that you will see under our sponsors, and that will take you to thronesandbones.com, and you can learn more. By the way, if you didn't notice on our Facebook page this week, Lou announced that he is stepping down or has stepped down as editorial director of Pyre Books so he can focus full-time on his writing. So a huge, monumental uh, step there for him. Very exciting. We're excited for it, and as Lou has more books out, we'll have him on the show. He probably came on the show more than anyone else as a guest and was very supportive of us, Um, so we're very grateful to everything Lou has done uh, to provide great content for the show and wish him continued success and all the best, and he will be on again. Um, Today, Moses is going to bring us an interview that he did with Cameron Hurley, who just did a big media blitz for her trilogy, and we are the last stop on that media blitz, so she saved the best for last. <laughs> Couldn't help myself. Uh, so let's get right to it. It's a good 50 minutes long uh, video uh, interview here, so I don't want to take up too much time. Thank you for listening, everyone. If this is your first time checking us out, then please come to adventuresinsci-fi-publishing.com. Join us on Facebook and Twitter, and we will see you next time. With Adventures in Sci-Fi Publishing, and today we're going to talk with Cameron Hurley, author of God's War and The Mirror Empire. Um, Cameron is at the end of an incredible blitz of promotion to spread the word about her new work, The Mirror Empire, uh, from the World Breaker saga. So we're really stoked to have her. I think on the on like the final day of your of your blitz, is, is that kind of what it's looking like? Yeah, yeah. I need to actually spend some time writing new books. So. <laughs> I'm trying to get everything into the last the last day. So hopefully this is it for for uh, a while. Yeah, I saw that you've done uh, 30 posts, uh, blog posts, and nine podcasts. So you saved the best for last. You got us coming in here. <laughs> That's right. And then uh, five radio gigs, four blog slash magazine interviews, two events, uh, something on web TV. 
So um, <laughs> this is actually it's, it's really inspiring. Actually, I, I've watching gone, man. I need to I need to put my release date for my next book a little bit further out and, and uh, try to go Cameron Hurley on this thing. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I was planning this tour. You know, I mean, I had been thinking about it since I, I signed the deal back in January, and then I guess I've been scheduling things since April. And then as of July, I started to do a few little things. But yeah, it's mostly just I, I tried to get the, mo- the bulk of it into about five weeks so that I could spend more time writing when I was done. That's brilliant. Um, I love this quote from Chuck Wendig about the Mirror Empire. He says, the Mirror Empire is written with such punk verve and angry earnestness that I cannot help but adore it. <laughs> <laughs> Where did he say that? Was that on Twitter? That, I haven't even seen that it one. It was the top of the blog post that you did for, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. That was just his, his little intro. Yeah, you got yeah, yeah. to stick that on your Amazon page, too. You know? <laughs> totally. I got to steal that, man. That's yeah. great. No, it's, that's, that's, and uh, I think that, I think also I love it because I think he, he does capture your work quite well. I mean, we're talking mm-hmm. about epic fantasy, first of all. And uh, in the same sentence, we're talking about punk verve and angry earnestness, <laughs> yes. which is perfect because it, it does capture some of the, you know, the uniqueness um, of your work and your style and your and your who you are. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's really cool. Um, so how do you feel about the way everything's been going then? I know that there's all kinds of things up in the air with your publisher and uh, your, your first print run on the book is sold out. But there are at this point still some places that have it for sale, like Barnes and Noble, Books a Million and some other places I forgot, but yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's a good problem to have uh, as far as problems go. Uh, I don't think any of us expected that the warehouse would be empty within three weeks of the book coming out. <laughs> so, so it's awesome on the one hand and Barnes Noble is sitting on like a, a small dragon's hoard. So I think that, yeah, if people are interested, Barnes and Noble, yeah, has a, has a good chunk. Uh, but as far as, yeah, ordering new stuff from the warehouse, warehouse itself is empty. So yeah, they need to, they need to run a new print run. Um, I, I, uh, I'm feeling pretty good again. Uh, not, not a horrible problem to have. Uh, I think we're all, you know, curious to see what's going to happen um, with Angry Robot and who our who our new overlords are. However, that turns out, hopefully, that will be uh, wrapped up here, um, you know, and we'll start getting some print runs in a few weeks. That's uh, that's the hope. But uh, but yeah, overall, I've, I've been really. Um, really surprised i guess i should i should be maybe as surprised as i am uh, at the reception of the book um but it's one of those things again when you're shopping stuff to publishers and everyone says no 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 and you're like how oh my gosh this is horrible and someone finally says yes um and you're like okay well now i gotta i i, I need to prove that there was a market for this uh, and and really i feel like that's when most of my career is proving that there is actually a market for the stuff that i write um, that everyone says is so unmarketable. Um, and I feel like, uh, certainly seeing, seeing the numbers that we've seen the last three weeks, um, that, that I've at least, at least proved there's a, a, a fairly profitable, um, uh, market for it. Uh, the response has really been a lot more positive, I think, even than, uh, I expected and certainly, uh, more than a, a lot of, a lot of folks expected. Do you know, uh, how, what the print run was for the first print run? Uh, no, I don't. Yeah. And so you don't know yet when the next one might be. It depends on what happens with the overlords, right? Well, no, I think we're, we're sticking to a pretty clear schedule. It's going to be um, September or October next year. They really want these to come out. Again, it's a, it's a successful you know book so far, so they'd really like to keep these out in a book a year schedule. Um, as far as the third book, we don't actually have a contract for the third book yet, so that needs to wait until after um, after stuff settles down over there as well, and then I'll have hopefully a release date for that one after that. Okay. 
So the uh, let's see, Empire Ascendant is the name of the second book in mm-hmm. the Worldbreaker saga, right? That is due. You have to turn it into your publisher in February. Yep. Okay, and it's due for release. You said maybe September, October. Yeah. Okay, and the third one, hopefully, well, we'll see, right? Hopefully, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. So. Um, Interesting, interesting. So one of the reasons this book has gotten a lot of attention is there are these, you know, you, as you said, some people say certain things you you write have said that they're unmarketable because you're, you're always pushing the envelope, right? You're always passionate about something that you're writing about, which is um, one of the reasons I find your, your journey so compelling and why I can't help but root for you all the time, you know, because you are approaching writing in that way. And um, it's really cool. And I, I wonder, um, with this book, do you want to say maybe some of the elements that are a bit different or, or even controversial or whatever, you know, whatever they may be, but. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, you know, one of the things that I strive to do, I strive to write the books that I would like to read and books that I have are not doing things um, that I would like to see. Um, so what I would see a lot of is, you know, I, I really like classic epic fantasy. I think, you know, the small few against the evil horde is, you know, really fun it's a great you know the ch- you got the chosen one and they got to come in and and it, you know they're the underdog and they come in and kind of have to rally everyone and save everyone that's really cool um but what i would see a lot of the times is i'd see writers who would spend you know a lot of time on world building uh, or, or you know sometimes on world building but it would end up reading kind of like they read a R- wikipedia article about you know 13th century England and then they made a bunch of stuff up and from their you know role-playing game and it just kind of looks like the same setting that every other epic fantasy is set in um and and, you know there's that's fine you know there's a place for that you know it's not like oh you're gonna have all your cookies taken away it was just like I I like different things it's like hey everybody's eating chocolate chip cookies and I really like you know oatmeal cookies with raisins in them we can have all kinds of different cookies it was just I wasn't getting the cookies that I really liked so I went ahead and I said, all right, I want to rebuild, uh, I want to build a world from the ground up, not just world building as far as, oh, you know, this one has these flesh eating plants, it has this satellite magic, this has these stars that rise and fall in the sky and people draw magical powers from them, it has these, you know, magic plant based energy swords that sprout under people's wrists, it's got blood mages. Um, so I want to do all that cool stuff, that's nice trappings, but then I also want to actually take some time and work on the actual cultures that made up the world, which not a lot of people do. It's, it's very strange. Um, and I, I, I do understand because now that I've done it, I'm like, that was really hard. <laughs> it was really hard to be like, okay, I'm going to have this consent based culture who are vegetarian cam- cannibals and polyamorous and uh, pacifists. And so that'll be one culture, <laughs> another culture. And that's just one, right? That's all those things in one. And then I will have, you know, this uh, far Northern culture that has these three genders and they, uh, you know, kind of fight each other for wars of succession. And also they use a lot of uh, uh, there's some Greek stuff that I, I pull in there to merge with them as well. And then I'm also going to have uh, this, you know, brutal matriarchy um, who, you know, has like this alien empress who they are feel, you know, who they all, uh, uh, you know, go after and, and follow. Um, and, and I and, and I and I there's a ton of other cultures in there that we haven't even met yet. Um, and it was uh it was it was difficult, right? And and I understand um, I understand why people hesitate to do it, but it was the thing that I kept asking everyone to do. And you know, I mean, you see, you see in some feminist science fiction books, especially the old school stuff, you know, the stuff from the seventies, sixties, seventies, they'll 
there'll be a lot of interesting ideas, but like no one would build a really cool story around it. And I was like, I want all these interesting ideas, but I want the same things that I really love about epic fantasy. I want the, I want a real story. Um, I think Anne Leckie did that very well with ancillary justice where it's like, it gave me some meaty, interesting ideas uh, about, you know, culture and our conceptions of self. And it told me a really good story, you know, with the spaceships and battles and stuff blowing up. And that's great. I love that. I love all that stuff. Um, so that was really my goal with mirror empire was I, wanted to give people a really great story um, that we love that's classic but then also bring in all these amazing gosh wow bang idea things um, kind of idea things that we associate more with science fiction where it's like all right those are big ideas Um, but I wanted to bring those to fantasy because I find those very chewy and uh, interesting nifty nifty so what would you put this in you know besides epic fantasy what's the next category you'd put this book in it's a really good question. I've um, I've been seeing it categorized a lot as dark fantasy, um. So and I can I can guess I can kind of see that. I mean it's it's ultimately about war and colonialism and genocide and the end of the world. So several worlds, right? There's there's these parallel universes uh, that are coming together. So um, so dark fantasy. Um, you know, honestly, uh, the sort of I'm not a big believer in genre. I I use genre to sell books. Um, I don't use it as an idea, you know, as far as writing books. Um, I write, I think I've told lots of people, I'm like, I write Thundercats. Like, it's, <laughs> is it fantasy? Is it science fiction? Who knows? It's cats swinging swords in, through space, <laughs> right? Uh, who knows what that is? Um, so, uh, so, you know, yeah, I, I think of it as you know, fantasy, dark fantasy, but there's also, it reminds me a lot of, um, I really liked uh, Gene Wolfe's um, Gene Wolfe's books, um, the New Sun books, uh, the Long Sun books, which where it's like, okay, this is a fantasy world, but think, it almost feels, it almost has this feel of this far fu- either a far future fantasy world that has had an apocalypse, or a far future fan- or a far future world of ours that has gone through several apocalypses, and now things look like magic. The technology is so far ahead, and they've lost all knowledge of it, and now it looks like magic. Um, and I deal with those very similar ideas in my God's War novels as well, um, where it's like, okay, is it fantasy? Is it science fiction? I'm like, well, for marketing purposes, it's easier for me to just say this is epic fantasy. I mean, it, it seems to be working. Uh, or for God's War, you know, science fiction. And then just then people read it and are like, wow, this is this is not that, but it's really cool. <laughs> so. Hmm. so, so you call God's War science fiction? I do, yeah. I, uh, science fiction or science, I, I like to call it science fantasy or science fantasy noir, uh, but if you just are talking to someone who has no, like, is not part of the genre community, it's much easier to just tell them, oh, it's science fiction, um, because honestly, they probably haven't read enough science fiction that, you know, that the, the minutia of, cat, like, they don't care about those tiny little categories and how we make things really small and that. They're just like, is it Real world or not real world? Uh, is it far future or not far future? So there's there's less distinction, I think, when you're talking to a broader audience. So what what do you uh, – I mean, do you have I – mean, you, you seem to have very eclectic taste then. Like, do you have a real true love or, or do you just love so many of these things? Like, is there a thing that you kind of get really geeked for or, you know? Well, you know, I really love novels um, that are very weird – uh, I, I'm a fan of weird fiction, stuff that pl- takes me to somewhere that's very different. I love really lush writing, um, strong, you know, characters, uh, very complex characters who are just, they have a lot going on. They've got some mysteries uh, in their past. Um, so it, it's more of a, again, I, I feel like I have this sort of undefined genre that I like of books. So, you know, it could be science fiction, it could be fantasy, it could be 
uh, magic realism. It could be literary fiction, um, but it needs to have strong, complex characters and lush writing, and there needs to be a hint of weirdness to it. Um, I really enjoyed City of Stairs by Robert uh, Robert Jackson Bennett, uh, which came out just a few weeks after Mirror Empire. Um, again, another one that just deals with colonialism, um, you know, war, and they, there's these giant monster fights. There's these crazy warehouses full of magical artifacts and gods who, you know, like are real and were killed, and it's all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I also am reading Elizabeth Bear's A Range of Ghosts, um, which is a more of an epic fantasy, and it's kind of set on like it's like an epic fantasy with like, like a mutated version of like the Mongols and the epic wars that they would have. And so it's kind of a fantasy version of the Mongols and it's really well done. Uh, and, very, and it has like the sky that is, that changes. And again, the, the gods are real or not real. Um, and so it's weird and, and the writing's really great. Um, and, then, and then I'm reading my Maplecroft by Cherie Priest. And that, uh, that is like Lizzie Borden. Uh, if she was like a Cthulhu fighter, <laughs> <laughs> and it's awesome. It's like, um, it's just, it's weird. It's a little dark, and it, and it has Lizzie Borden getting her axe uh, and, and to fight Cthulhu monsters. So, um, I love, I, you know, and, that, and that's a little bit different, but it still has that weirdness. It still has a strong, compelling character. So, it's not necessarily one particular genre or another. It's 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 work with particular elements that uh, that I'm just really I love. So along these lines of you know inspirational works for you, um, we can go back even further. I'm curious some of the some of the works that have inspired you, or some of the people that you go back to, uh, and you can read to you know just get that inspiration to want to up your game a little bit and and uh, kind of set your sights even higher. Well, you know, I think um, for me, as far as world building goes, um, I read Perdita Street Station uh, when I was in graduate school. And I think that was the point at which I went, wow, if I'm going to write an epic fantasy or a fantasy or science fiction of any caliber, if I want to say that I'm good at world building, I need to be able to do something at least this crazy. Um, and uh, so that that was kind of a game changer uh, of a book for me. You know, since then, I've I've read, you know, anything from. Angela Carter to KJ Bishop and and more mainstream stuff, you know, Isabella Lond and, and Toni Morrison and folks like that. Um, so that those were certainly, um, you know, certainly some some early work that I said, okay, this is this is really interesting. KJ Bishop has a great book called The Edge City. Um, it reminds me a lot. It has a very similar setup to uh, to God's War. It's 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 weird. It's weirdness is far different than mine. Um, but I read that, I think, when I just finished God's War, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And this can get published, so surely my books can be published. <laughs> um, and uh, and that was really great. So, so yeah, and, and if you want to go way, way back, you know, I read a lot of uh, Tamora Pierce books, and she wrote this uh, amazing series uh, that starts with Alana's First Adventure that is about this uh, this young girl who cross-dresses and uh, goes and pretends to be her brother and trains to be a knight. So I was I was ruined early, right? Like <laughs> it was like it was inevitable. Literature destroyed me, and so now now I'm writing all this crazy uh, crazy cross-dressing, gender swapping, uh, mad uh, mad stories. Um, but it was it was a really compelling uh, book in that I think it was the first time I think I read it when I was 11. And it was the first time I felt like I'd really been given uh, a book that said, yes, you know, I, like we have always fought or like like women have always fought. Um, it's not like this is an impossible thing. Like this is something women have done for actually quite a long time. And it's a pot like the way she set it up was so believable. Um, you could see how, you know, 
people got away with it all the time. And again, through my own research, as I started to get into it um, in my uh, late teens and early 20s, I started to realize that actually there were tons of examples of people doing this all the time. It was not like this crazy anomaly that we uh, pretend it is. Um, so that was a, that was certainly a, a formative, like eye-opening book where I went, oh, this is this is a thing. Like there's there's all sorts of stuff that we can do. And this is just within the realm of quote unquote realism. Um, imagine now set your imagination free, right. And, and untether that and you can pretty much write anything. Uh, so yeah. Wow. Can you give maybe our listeners a, a hint of anything coming in, uh, Empire Ascendant? That's the, the next book that I'm sure you're dying to get to write right now. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm, it, it's nice when promotion becomes work because then when you go back to the writing, the writing doesn't feel like work anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm on deadline, all my stuff feels like work. So, um, yeah, I you know. I don't know that there's, there's, you know, I, I don't want to, there's, there's so many spoilers just even talking about the first book that it's really difficult to kind of talk about the second book. Um, I, I, one of the things I do do, I, you get introduced to two new cultures. So if you guys think it was really difficult keeping, <laughs> if you thought it was really weird, you're like, oh my gosh, how could you possibly make more cultures? Uh, well, guess what? There's tons of cultures in, in this, this world, uh, and in other worlds. I will also say there may be, um, there may be some other, uh, some other, uh, interlopers, some other surprises. So I don't, I don't, again, it's, it's hard to say much without, without totally spoiling the, the first book. So, but, uh, but yeah, I up, I up my game. Um, and, and I think a lot of folks have said, oh, this is very classic epic fantasy. Like this is the, you know, Mirror Empire is the setup for, you know, when stuff goes down and, um, Empire Senate for me is the Empire Strikes Back, you know, of the, of the, uh, the series and my agent was like oh empire strikes back too bad that title's taken <laughs> it's like, I know, right? <laughs> um so it's uh it's gonna be uh, a rousing book full of a lot of battles there's way more battles in this book um so uh so i look forward to seeing what what folks think about it awesome awesome um you, we're we're talking about people who've, who've inspired you i want to ask you a little different twist on that i want to ask some of the people who have really believed in you uh whether it's you know in publishing or or elsewhere but the people who've kind of uh, really been uh, been there for you when you needed them to be in terms of you or your path as a writer you know that that's a tough one because i've been doing this for a very long time now and, and i've had a very long line of folks who have like really championed my work and uh, you know inspired me um my first uh, actual writing teacher um, well, I've had a few writing teachers, but um, my one in college was actually uh, David Marusek, who has written a couple of science fiction novels and many short stories. Um, and I think he was the one who actually uh, asked me, he said, you know, you really need, because I had already applied to Clarion, uh, which is a boot camp of uh, science fiction fantasy writing. It's a writing workshop that's six weeks. And uh, I'd already applied, I think, the, the year before, and I was rejected. And I was like, eh, whatever. And he was reading my stories, you know, throughout this this course. And he said, you know, Kevin, you should really apply again. And I was like, I was already rejected for it. Why would I bother? He's like, you should really apply again. Uh, and I applied. And, and I was put on the waiting list for regu- for Clarion East. And I, I was admitted to Clarion West. Uh, and so I went to Clarion West. And um, that was a huge, uh, a really pivotal moment in my career. You know, I mean, that was the, the point at which 
um, you know, Jeff Ryman told me one of my stories, you know, he was like, this story is personally offensive. And I think it suffers from a failure of the imagination, uh, which at the time you're like, want to kill yourself. You're like, oh, how good this is horrible. It's the worst thing you could ever tell a writer. On the other hand, I have that vo- I've had that voice in the back of my head for the last 14 years. Right. That has said, OK, you know. This you're being lazy. This is a lazy thing that you're doing. Um, you need to really, uh, really push this a lot further. Um, this suffers from a failure of my imagination. So um, that was that was a really um, key moment for me. Um, also, very early on, you know, uh, Jeff Vandenberg has been a real champion uh, of my work. Um, Lauren Bukas uh, provided me with a blurb for my third book uh, for Rapture. Um, so really, I mean, there has been. There's been a lot of people, um, especially behind the scenes. I think a lot of a lot of folks, you know, a lot of folks will they we, they see blurbs on books or they see, um, you know, like who you think in your acknowledgments. But they think there's also, and especially lately, the last couple of years, there's been a real groundswell uh, of support for, you know, me personally, I suppose, but also just the work itself. Where it was like this is someone who. Um, you know, is, is incredibly persistent. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 you know, and I, and I support the writing community and, and I think they support me too. So when a lot of people start to ask me, they're like, Hey, you know, who would you, would you want to thank? And all of that, you know, my, after my first publisher imploded, uh, it was incredibly gratifying to have so many people in the science fiction and fantasy community who, you know, emailed me and who, you know, helped, uh, you know, fight that particular uh, bit of crazy um, and really rallied. It was like the first time, you know, we talk about communities and how horrible they are and there's infighting and backbiting and, you know, you hear all these explosions online all the time. But, you know, when when it hits the fan, <laughs> uh, it turns out everybody's there. Uh, and I think that was that was really the moment when I realized I was like, oh, like I'm part of this community and everybody has my back and I've got their back. And that's that's something like that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah so so uh, for me, you know, when I get asked, that, it's just like it's, it's the community. I, I think the community has been incredibly supportive. If you would have told me 10 years ago that I would win two Hugos, I would have laughed and laughed and laughed. No one votes for crazy mar- at the margins feminist writers for Hugos, which is untrue, right? Like, mm. like plenty of feminist writers run Hugos. Um, you know, Tansy Rainer Roberts uh, won a won a Hugo for us fan writer. Um, but uh, you know, just the most, you know, just to, again, and and of course, Anne as well. But anyway. Um, you know, there's tons, but it's just like the way that I was viewed myself and the way that I think, you know, when I signed my first publishing contract to talk to my first editor and she said, you know, your work probably isn't going to sell a ton, but you're going to, your fans are going to be really passionate and they're going to be really great. And I was like, well, that's nice, I guess, <laughs> but I want to sell a lot of books. Um, so my, uh, you know, my my kind of goal, I think the last, uh, you know, with these last few books has been, you know what, I want to prove um, that there is actually a market for um, the sorts of things that I write. And people are actually really hungry for it. And I feel like that's a lot of the, the feedback that I've gotten is just people are like, oh, my gosh, I never even knew something like this existed. Obviously, to me, you know, it exists and there's a ton of stuff that's come before it. But it hasn't reached 
uh, like a mass like penetration of the market, right? There's just not we we talk about the same twelve books uh, in the mainstream media, um, and it's really difficult to kind of push out um, from the margins and and make your your work stand out. And that has been uh, one of my goals, you know, kind of merging my day job, which is marketing and advertising, with the novel writing and saying, okay, I can see there's a market for this. Now I need to reach them um, so that they know my work is out there. That's cool. So you you get more inspired. To, to keep keep proving that you can break the rules, you can do things that are outside the normal boundaries of the, of the genre, and your experience so far, it sounds like it's been affirming that you can do that and that that can be done. Yeah, yeah, no, um, certainly, certainly, I I have a better, uh, I believe in that more now than I that I did ten years ago for sure. That's cool. It seems like a, I've heard you know I listened to uh, Kate Elliott and uh, you know N.K. Nora Jemison recently on the tour podcast and. Mm. Hearing them talking about you know the way things have changed there too you know Nora not being able to have things mm. publishable before you know and now now you can and uh, yeah it's beautiful um, so we've uh, mentioned God's War the Beldame Apocrypha is that how you yep. say it that, yeah that's, that's a beautiful name for the series by the way Beldame Apocrypha I love it and so God's War it's is it God's War Infidel Rapture yep okay so the three books it's a so that is a complete series now right yep that's all done okay so. Perhaps a hard question, you know, when you, as you look back on this now, uh, those were your first published, that's your first published novels, is that right? Yeah. Okay. So you look back on those now, what, do, how do you feel when you look back on those books now? What do you, what do you think about them? Um, you know, I mean, we, we grow, we change, you know, it, that's natural, but uh, it, it, yeah, I'm just kind of curious. Well, you know, um, certainly, I think, I think with God's War, that one in particular, I was kind of like, man, this. This uh, I was surprised it did so well with how it is written. <laughs> so, but again, that's me looking back after having written you know three books since then. Um, but I think folks really responded to right like the it was it was crazy passionate like amazing all the it was idea fiction and people really responded to it. Um, I'm I'm glad that God's War you know did as well as it did. Um, you know, I think everyone would like something to do like amazingly better, but it's a weird book. Uh, it's a really weird book. Um, and I think it, you know, I wish, I wish I'd go back and maybe have marketed it even better. Um, but again, these are things that we learn as we go along. And a lot of this things with that series, you know, honestly, when I look back at that series, I can't help, but it's, it's kind of tainted with the, you know, the memory for the horrible things that happened at my other publisher. So I'm kind of like, eh, you know, uh, lots of things could have gone better, uh, at that, with that series. Um, but I have a, I certainly have a, a, a very much a fondness for it. I think that, you know, Nick's provided a lot of, a lot of people really identified with her and they provided a, a measure of escapism for a lot of folks who, uh, who certainly needed it. Um, so, you know, I thought there were, I thought, especially the second and third books, I felt Infidel and Rapture really showed a leveling up, uh, like of my craft. And that was the point at which I said, okay, let's try and tackle this incredibly complicated epic fantasy that I, I really want to do because I finally feel like I have gotten to the point in my craft where I could actually do that. Um, so, uh, so yeah, you know, um, I think they're great books. Uh, do I wish that they would have done a little better, especially the second and third ones? Certainly. But there's only so much like that I have control over. There were a lot of things in the back end there that were falling down and were horrible. Uh, I think a lot of people kind of point to my 
deal or no deal post uh, where I have this big long rant about uh, you know things that were happening to the publisher and, and people are like oh don't don't piss off Cameron Hurley but what people don't realize is like that was me that was the end of a very very long like you just endure it right and you're not getting paid and no one is responding and things are being rushed out the door and you know your you know your covers are whitewashed and it was just like this unending grind where you just have to be nice all the time publicly um despite the fact that you're being treated rather abysmally um so so yeah so there's a little bit of you know you know that stuff going on there which is why I'm I'm so happy to be moving on and continuing uh with with different publishers so uh so uh, you know that's 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 how it goes as i've learned it's funny you know because once i'd been through that and kind of survived it and came out the other side it was funny because i felt like all of a sudden people like i got like people realized i was like in this to for real (laughs) because so many people like a lot of people get to that first book and they'll drop out and then some people get like to, you know, the first series and drop out because it's really hard. And the, the, what I went through is actually not like anomalous, right? It's it's like this happened. Every writer has at least one publishing horror story of some horrific thing that happened. And the more writers I would talk to in bars, the more I realized like, wow, this is just like the business. <laughs> this is just like how it is. So, yep. but yeah. Yeah. So this new book, I've read a lot of nice reviews of uh, the Mirror Empire, and uh, and uh, you know it's to me it, it's it's lush, it's wild, it's intense. There's so many interesting things going on. Uh, the passion for me just oozes off, you know, every every uh, every word pretty much. Um, and then, you know, of course, when you when you push certain boundaries, like you mentioned, things like cross gender, you know, gender swapping and, and things like this, right? And and like you're going to get obviously some response, especially in a, in a market that is that tends to be saturated with a, a more you know, a, a, in some ways a more patriarchal mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's about that or anything else in this book, as far as like anything that you've you've read, you've heard reviews, comments, um, is there anything out there that you know you you might l- want to respond to or or you have a reflection on anything? Uh, this is kind of your chance to, you know, because we, we don't, as authors, we don't really get to do that, really. You know, we just kind of sit there and just take all the blows. Um, you know, but part of you wants to respond to that review on Amazon and say, well, I didn't really do that. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Is there anything that kind of comes to mind that you would you would say, you know, to any of the things that you've heard that maybe you feel maybe were misunderstood or, uh, I don't know, anything really? Uh, not, not really. I mean, I think, I think you got to get, and I, I had some, you know, pushback about, um, the God's War books too. Uh, and there, that was certainly something that needed to be addressed. But, uh, what tends to happen, I've noticed is that you'll have like two or three people who get really upset. Uh, and what they're really upset usually about is just that they went in with certain expectations and those, and then they kind of had to think about things that made them very uncomfortable. Um, the coolest thing about that, though, is that they are being forced to think about things that make them feel very uncomfortable, and they've never had to do that before. Um, so when I see a lot of those sorts of, you know, reviews, quote unquote, or responses, it actually, I feel it's it's actually really cool to me because <laughs> I go, <laughs> I got you, didn't I? Um, because it makes them think. Uh, when you're so used to, you know, being the center of the universe and, you know, uh, the, all of the, the books and stories are made for you, 
um, when you are forced to actually think about, uh, you know, a fictional universe that is not centered around you as uh, as the primary character or that, um, you know, forces you to relook at your ideas of, OK, well, is, you know, what is what is normal um, about life? Um, you're forced to do that. It's, it's incredibly uncomfortable. And I know that from having done it myself. Um, from having to go through that process and everybody's at a different place in that journey where they're like no totally everything I see on TV is the way that the world is everywhere and men and women are just like they are on TV and this is a real thing and all this other stuff is just people making stuff up and I'm like well, <laughs> you need to get outside because <laughs> I hate to tell you it's all made up um, so uh, so yeah to me it's uh, you know people always like oh aren't you mad at such and such review and I'm like not really I just get I pop Pop some popcorn <laughs> and I read them and I'm like, yeah, that sounds like it was super uncomfortable for you. I hope that that's something that you pursue and think about. Um, a lot of, you know, what I've done in um, some reviews obviously have, have caught this is, is um, you know, I'm not here to tell people what's right or wrong. I'm here to say, you know, maybe you should think about some things. Uh, maybe the world could be different. And that's really um Really, my driving, uh, you know, goal with all of my work is to challenge people and say the world that you see is not the way the world has to be for better or worse. Right. I'm not saying any of these visions are better or any of these visions are worse. I'm saying they are different and they are possibilities. And I'm going to show you possibilities that you have never even conceived of before. Um, that is my job. I am a science fiction and fantasy writer. That is what I am here to do. And I realize we all play different games, right? Every writer's in this for, for different reasons. Um, but that is the game I'm playing. And I'm like, I want to push the boundaries of what, you know, you believe is possible. Um, and what you think is, you know, the only way to be. Because I hate to break it to you, but like the world has been very, very different. Um, than we even can conceive of. Um, we've been, you know, history is rewritten by the victors. Uh, things are very different. So, so uh, yeah, for me, it's just that they don't, they don't bother me. It really doesn't. Um, what it does is, is make me go, oh, good. I'm. It's doing what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've noticed with some of the discussion I've seen, it's like, like for example, um, when you have a, a male who, a character who is sort of your, you know, sex slave kind of, or I don't know what it is exactly, but there's the, the woman in the dominant position, you know, relative to the male, right? And, and <laughs> They're just married. <laughs> I think that's what people don't get either, right? Are wives sex slaves okay. in a well, I haven't I haven't gotten that far, but I read, okay. I read the review on Amazon today. It's really, that's why some of those are funny where I'm like, okay, well, you no, were let, reading. Let, no, let, let me explain what I was saying because okay. there was an actual quote from the book in an, uh-huh. Amazon, in an Amazon review that's mm-hmm. where a woman is telling a man to service her sisters, but then, you know, he is hers. So I assumed from that that he was some sort of property, <laughs> okay. but I, I, that's wrong, apparently. Uh, the way the way Dorna works, it's a matriarchal society in which husbands are shared. Okay. okay. Uh, now this particular person, uh, like guys I've dated, uh, <laughs> believes believes that uh, you know her husband is hers, and uh, and that it is a it, that 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 he is an object, uh, and something that is is going to be. Uh, you know, that, that is hers to do with as she wills. So uh, I think a lot of people are uh, take that relationship, you know, and again, everybody's going to read this differently. Um, but I find it fascinating. I think that people just sort of assume that, oh, it's this crazy reverse sexism, blah, 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 whatever. And I'm like, 
also it's an abusive relationship between two people that is just really bad. But yeah, I want to say something about that. The, the, the I mean, it's just it's funny because I read those comments because uh, they're, they're I, I think I've seen a couple of reviews like that where. Um, it's just kind of it's just kind of obvious, and in a way, you sort of like set the trap perfectly, where like, <laughs> like they can't complain about that without it being such a sort of blatant contradiction that oh, but you wouldn't bat an eye if it was a woman in that position, you know? Yeah, I mean, we write, we write about abusive relationships with women all the time, right? And it's it's like oh well, of course that's normal, and it's shocking. It's been shocking to uh, to some some people. Um, and uh, and not to other people, uh, in particular people who have been in relationships like that. Yeah, it's interesting because you can't complain about any of those elements in your story without it being immediately obvious to most people that uh, that that wouldn't be an issue if it, if the genders were reversed, you know. And so yeah, I, th- I think you don't you don't really have to respond because it's just kind of obvious. <laughs> like oh, well, and it's and here's what you got to get half of, and this was something I learned uh, again with reviews with God's War. Half of someone's review has nothing to do with what is in the text. It has to do with the person reviewing it. Right. And that's with every review. As, as, as objective as you may want to be with the review, half of the reading experience we bring to a text is about us and our perceptions and what we thought it was going to be and what we enjoy, what we don't like. Um, there are books, amazing books that I won't read for various reasons um, that are amazing books, but I'm just like, eh, that doesn't do it for me. Or, oh, that deals with a subject that I don't find interesting. Uh, and that has nothing to do with the book. Uh, that has everything to do with me as a reader. Um, so I think, you know, when I read these, again, I'm, I'm very clear that it's like half of it is, you know, some people uh, have some baggage that they bring to books and some people have some other ways that they view things. Um, I also think it's interesting. I also think it's interesting that we, uh, you know, and this happened with God's War as well. well I, there was like two reviews, I think, that were like, oh, this is, you know, terrible for X, Y, and Z. And someone's like, oh, controversy. And I'm like, it's like two dudes on the Internet. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I wish there was a controversy. We'd sell more books. But it's like, it's like two people who are really... <laughs> Like, we have, like, 10, 20 comments, and it's all just them. <laughs> so that's why I'm like, I, yep, yep. I'm like, it's selling books, so whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've been there, done that. So uh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> but, um, so uh, you're working on your next book now. What are you uh, – are there any areas you're, you're – you know, as I – as I, I'm, I'm writing my second novel now. It's just about mm-hmm. done, and, you know – I, I tend to feel like anytime I write a book, I'm going to have something in mind that I'm going to be working on, you know, in terms of story or craft or whatever. Um, do you have a, a, something in mind like that that you want to, you know, how you're going to up your game for this book or that kind of thing? Uh, you know, to be honest, this just the book itself is so complicated that uh, pulling it off is a leveling up. Uh, you know, I have like 12 point of view characters. I have some incredibly massive like uh, I have some massive battles. I have some massive, you know, heavenly events going on that change a lot of things. Um, just getting everyone where they need to be, all of these people, uh, in a way that is compelling and uh, keeps people reading um, is is going to be a, a win. <laughs> so, and I think you got to get to, uh, you know, especially the trilogies, in particular like this one, um, you know, the God's Word books were... Um, 
the gods are books were more like standalone because there's some, there's a lot of time between them and they're discrete adventures. Like, Oh, this one, we get the alien. This one, we get the super weapon. This one, you know, we get this. Um, whereas this feels more like writing one big book, um, in the classic trilogy tradition. Um, and so for me, it's kind of just like, I need to keep up, you know, I need to, uh, th- this is my, my second act and all the amazing, you know, this empire strikes back, you know, version, every, everything amazing needs to happen. Um, so I think I'm, uh, you know, if I can pull this off and level this up so that it, it, it really is my, you know, like the best, the best book of the, of the series, um, then that, that would be super um, I, you know, I certainly, the, the great thing is that I have, we've moved past, you know, the initial stuff that I had to work with in book one, which was like, okay, um, you know, we need to introduce this whole world. We introduce all these characters. Now we've done all that. So I don't need to spend time as much time on that. It's just kind of like, you know, reminding people. Um, and then we get to get to the real meat of the stuff. Then we start to get really crazy. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's a different, uh, it's a different bag of worms, basically. So. Nifty, nifty. All right. So I think we're, uh, you know, you, you intuited one of my final questions I was going to have for you, which was, you know, basically what, you know, what in your heart, you know, what do you really want to do or achieve with your writing? And I think you pretty much answered that, didn't you? Yeah, you know, I mean, I want to change the world, right? Uh, if you're not doing it for you know, to change the world, then that's cool. But, you know, I have, uh, <laughs> I have my own, my own thing. Um, yeah, I, I write with the idea that I, like, you gotta get, I realize that in order to get, um, attention in the field, in order to get recognition in the field, I need to be, um, better than like everyone else. Uh, and that means being like Ursula Le Guin, uh, levels of good. So it might take me 80 years to get there, um, but that needs to be my ultimate goal because I realize standards are incredibly high. The bar is very high. Um, there is a lot of noise in the world um, and I need to be exceptional at what I do. And so all the projects that I choose to do um, and all of the folks I choose to work with are, you know, looking at how I'm going to achieve that goal of being the absolute best at what I do. Um, and ultimately, you know, also, uh, you know, working in, you know, all this work from the margins and bringing it more mainstream. Um, again, if you'd have told me 10 years ago that, that was even possible, uh, I probably wouldn't have believed you, but I'd have tried anyway. And now it's kind of actually looking like that's, that's a possibility. Um, and of course there'll be a backlash. There's always, there always is in 10 years that'll happen. And it'll be like, oh, okay, whatever. And I'll, I'll just get back to work. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's my driving goal. And, and I've said this before. I'm like, you know what? Every writer plays a different game and we're all in this for different reasons. You know, some people are just like, I just want a million dollar advance so that I can retire and I never have to work, work doing anything again. I'm just here to play the lottery. That's cool. Um, there are other people who are like, you know, a million dollars be great. Um, but you know, there are other people who are like, Oh, I just want, I really want to write fun escapist fantasies to really help people who, um, you know, have, are, are really struggling through bad times and I just want to write fun stuff and that's cool. Um, but I'm playing a different game, uh, and I'm, I'm playing the game, um, you know, to be as, as amazing a writer as I can be, um, and to bring a lot of ideas and, and stuff, you know, from the margins of, of, uh, you know, science fiction to the mainstream. Like I'm, I, I think I felt quite betrayed a little bit by science fiction and fantasy when I was like, Hey, this is supposed to be like 
the most crazy out there imaginative fiction that we can possibly imagine in our imaginations. And it turned out that it was just kind of all, you know, this, the only the top 10 books a lot of people talk about were kind of like copies of other books. Um, and I was like, you know, that's just not acceptable. If we're all here to explore how things can be different, then why aren't we doing that? Um, and it turned out there were, there were some people who were doing it and they were kind of, you know, uh, if they were harder to find, but I want to make it easier, uh, to find that sort of work, um, and to champion it and, uh, to get it out there. So, so yeah, so, so that's my game. It's certainly a different game than other folks are playing. Um, but, uh, but it's mine. So. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you mentioned bringing some of these things into the mainstream because it doesn't seem like like, like your heart is in changing the world, right? Um, and if you I, I, if if bringing things mainstream was the number one, you probably would be you know resonating with more works that are already out there, or you know what I mean? You wouldn't you probably wouldn't be diverging quite as much. But does that make sense? I mean, how do you how, do you feel like you 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 want it all? Maybe you know maybe you want you want to challenge everything, push the boundaries. And change the world, and, and you want that to be mainstream. I mean, we'd all like that, right? We'd all like our books to be read by everyone. But do you really feel like that is? That, I mean, that's where you see it, though. That's you, you see the kind of thing you're writing, just spreading out to that to that big audience. I do, okay. yeah, um, yeah. And and here's the thing: because if all I wanted to sit at home and do is write weird little feminist science fiction stories. Uh, you know, that was certainly something that I could do, and I would not put nearly as much uh, work into promotion as I do. Uh, I would just be writing the weirdest thing, and my agent and I wouldn't sit down and have, like, strategy meetings. Like, we have strategy meetings, right? Like, what is the what is the smartest thing for us to work on right now? And, well, if we go back and we do this, you know, how does that impact this? And, well, if we – you know, so there's there's a – you know, there's um, a business sense to it. It's not just it's, it's like, yes, write exactly what you want, um, but write it in a way that achieves your goals. And uh, it was it was a conversation I had with a, with an editor recently where, you know, the editor was like, you know, here's my vision for this book, you know, and I want basically, you know, to make this this weird stuff mainstream. Right. Like we, we connected. Um, and, uh, with, he saw like what my, what my goals were, um, and, and was wanted to help me get there. And it was like, okay, well then this is a project that we, we need to do because this is going to get us to where we need to go. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's like, you know, so if you just go to the place where you're just like, oh, I'm just gonna write what I want and screw the man and whatever, that's fine, but then you'll die in obscurity and no one, you know, will have read your stuff anyway. And so, but if you really like what have you really accomplished and and i felt i felt that way i feel that way with a lot of feminist um science fiction writers who i really love you know folks like joanna russ where joanna russ writes some of the you know she had written some of the most angry amazing work that i just thought was incredible um but you know you know when she passed away it was just kind of like oh gosh you know what how how much how much is you know who's going to remember right and, I, and there will always be right there's there's me <laughs> I guess there's me and, and some other feminist science fiction writers but I'm like I I don't want to be a feminist science fiction writer I want to be a science fiction writer um, I want people to think of that first 
and to put me in that bucket because I know as soon as I start getting put into the smaller buckets, oh, she's a woman science fiction writer. Oh, she's a feminist science fiction writer. I know as soon as that happens that it's easier to erase me. And I know that from the work that I've done, right? Um, you know, We Have Always Fought won a, a Hugo Award. That's fantastic. Uh, it was winning a Hugo Award for saying that people erase me, <laughs> people like me. Uh, and we erase, we erase women all the time. Um, so if I want to, you know, combat that, that is a huge, you know, like cultural, uh, mountain to climb. Um, but it's not something that I'm going to achieve just sitting on the margin saying, oh, please, well, maybe if I just write really good books, maybe people will notice. They won't. They won't because that's not how our society is set up. So when you know how the game is played, <laughs> you're like, all right, well, <laughs> how do I want to play it? Um, so, uh, so I realize I have a mountain uh, in front of me, and and hopefully I have some time to at least make it up a couple yards before <laughs> before I keel over. Uh, so, so we'll see, we'll yeah. see. But I, I certainly I, I recognize I have a mountain. Yeah, and I, I, again, I think you, you can't help but root for you because of the passion behind what you do and the sincerity and and the, you know, and, and the craft and and just the world building, all of it. It's uh, so, you know, <laughs> it seems like it's a matter of just. Um, willpower, right? Just driving yourself. I mean, how many years now have you been driving toward these ambitious goals? Uh, I sent out my first story when I was 15, and I've been writing since I was 12, but I, I felt like I was like, okay, this is like a career path at 15, and I'm 34 now, so almost uh, almost 20 years. Yeah. I mean, and, and since you're, I mean, like uh, like really hardcore, like going after it, like, like you do right now, you know? Um, oh, gosh. Well, I think you got to understand, I, you know, when you get your first book published, you're like, all right, this is it. I've got my first book published. It's amazing. It's all cake from now on. This is going to be great. And I don't think I understood how difficult, like, things would be um, and how much I really had to overcome until that happened. Um, I didn't understand very much about the business. Um, I didn't understand uh, a lot about things that I could or could not change. I didn't understand a lot about networking. There were just a lot of things that I really needed to get a handle on. And then also, I think, you know, I needed to get a handle on what success meant to me. Was it, you know, did I need to sell me a million copies? Did I need to make a million dollars? What was success? Because, you know, I, I sold my first series uh, I sold the Godzilla books initially to Bantam. They canceled the contract. I was paid out. You know, I was paid out a bunch of money for books that I never wrote because they canceled it and they didn't want to publish it anymore. Uh, so I had money, right? I, I made money and it got me out of, you know, the place of poverty that I was at the time, which was fantastic. Um, but I was like, wow. So I made some money and then, you know, we, we went to, uh, to Nightshade Books and, and made some more money on it. Um, and then, you know, it won some awards and all of that. And I said, well, this is all nice stuff, but, you know, I eventually I'm going to die, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't have any kids. And I'm like, you know, what am I doing this for? If it's not about copies sold, if it's not about money. Um, and, you know, what really happened was uh, in 2013, um, when We Have Always Fought came out and became so incredibly popular. Um, and 
I would get all sorts of fan mail and I've been getting fan mail for 10 years just from people who are like, you know what? I read your work and it got me out of an abusive relationship. It got me, you know, to finally do, you know, go to Japan, which was my dream and teach English there. It got me, you know, your, your, your work inspired me uh, to send out my first book and now it's being published. Your work, you know, saved my life. I was in a really, really bad place and, uh, you know, I didn't think that I was going to get through it, but reading, you know, your stuff helped me realize that, like, this is just a low point and things get better after this. Um, when you start to realize the sort of impact that you have, like, it's not all just words on a page. You're, the impact that you have on people impacts real people's lives and it touches people and it, it, it changes things. Um, as much as we like to pretend, oh, it's just all ranting on the Internet and none of it really matters. And, you know, oh, it's just escapism and blah, blah, blah. It's not. Uh, and I think people realize it's not. And that's why people get so angry when you make them uncomfortable. <laughs> it's because I think that people understand that. Uh, even if they don't on a conscious level, subconsciously they realize, oh, this is going to be uh, changing the way that people view the world, um, the way the expectations that people have. Uh, and it's going to help them, you know, have the confidence a lot of times to make decisions that they may not have otherwise. Um, and when I realized I think that power, I said, you know what? This is something. Um, this is something that matters. It's not just ranting on the internet. It is. It's stuff that matters to people. Uh, and I need to measure my success in, um, you know, how much that I'm able to make a positive contribution to the world. Like, is the world a better place when I leave it? Um, I'm one of those people who believes, hey, when we die, we're dead, <laughs> and that's it. Um, so if all I have is like, okay, well, I came in and I made a million dollars and retired on the beach. Well, that was nice. Um, but if I come in here and I've, you know, tangibly influenced people's lives, you know, that's pretty incredible. And I'm, I'm okay going away knowing that, uh, I, I made a, a tangible, you know, improvement in the lives of others. And on that note, I'm going to recommend that you check out the mirror empire. <laughs> it's available. Uh, and if you do need to find the physical copy, you can go to Barnes and Noble books a million. And what are the other places that have it right now? Uh, yeah, I think it's Barnes and Noble books a million, uh, I'm trying to think there was one more who still had it. Um, some of the indie bookstores might still have it. It's just a matter of if it's not on the shelf, they're probably not going to be able to order it, at least for a few more weeks uh, until uh, until that reprint happens. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today. It's really cool to talk to you again. We met at World Fantasy last year in Brighton, yep. of course. I think you walked up to me and you were like, I'm tired of getting Google alerts for Black God's <laughs> War because... God's War, yep. you know? The other God's War, I know. I was like, Moses, you're like, who the hell are you? And I'm like, it's you. I know who you are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, that was fun. It was great to meet you there. And uh, yeah. I've been thinking we need to do something like this ever since then. So it worked out. And it just worked out that it was the final day of your five-week incredible, awesome blitz, which was really cool. I mean, you people can go to your blog and check out uh, a lot of those posts that you've made. There's, there's so many good things. There's business advice. There's writing advice, you know, characters, point of views. There's, you just, you've written about a lot of cool stuff. Um, some of them have, you know, really interesting topics that are a little bit uh, on the edge of what people are comfortable with, which is awesome. <laughs> you know, um, One of my favorite posts by you, too, is um, I, forget what, I forget what the title was, but I read it some time ago, and it was basically kind of your journey. You t I think you talked about being in like Alaska, right? Mm, the persistence and uh, the long yeah. con of being a, a successful writer. Yeah. That is great. So check that one out too. Wh who, where was that one published? That was uh, that's actually hosted on Chuck Wendig's blog, so terribleminds.com, I think. I thought, yeah. I thought it was. Yeah. That that was really that was cool. I mean, that was like 
just to, you know, it was your story. It was your backstory. Yeah. And it, and it yeah. was the struggles that you've had and the commitment that you've had as a writer. And it was that was also very inspiring, just very, just very deep and very real and very cool. So um, there's plenty of awesome, you know, Cameron Hurley that you can read out there, listeners. And uh, we thank you for listening to us today. And uh, for now, we'll say goodbye. Thanks so much. Visit Adventures in Sci-Fi Publishing for show notes, links, reviews, special guests, videos, and more. Email us at adventuresinsci-fi-publishing at gmail.com. Sound effects from the Free Sounds Project. Music by Asymmetry, found at musically.com. No authors were seriously damaged in the making of this podcast. <laughs>